It's Jose Galison. You're watching No Way Jose. You can find me on No Way Jose YouTube channel, all the major auto podcatchers, and Aussie as well. Today, my guest is Clint Russell, the homie. Uh, so this will be just me and one of the uh, the homies, one of the Tower Power Hour, or Tower Gang homies. I keep slipping that up. Uh, it's gonna be a little bit more of a you know conversation between friends type vibe. We don't have any specific agenda here. Just kind of shooting the shit. It should be a fun one. Uh, someone recently, I was asking who I should get on, and some said Clint, and I was like, man. I talked to him so damn much, and I realized, like, you know what? I need to start making time to talk to some of my buddies one-on-one as opposed to always just on Tower Power or in the group chat. So here we are. I'm looking forward to it. should be a fun one. Uh, I do want to let you guys know uh, next week, actually, roughly, I guess, when this will be released, but this will be released before it. So if you watch this before, I have another four Pony Boys with uh, Charlie Robinson coming out, and uh, that should be a fun one for sure if you're aware of him. He's a fun guy. Uh, it's how this works. Uh, if you are watching on the 20th, that's because you're a patron and you have access to the private live stream and that private live stream stays up in the form of a YouTube, uh, uh video. So if you are a patron, you can watch it up until it gets released publicly and which will be roughly usually about a week or so later. If you want that patreon.com, just know it is a 2020 lowest levels, two bucks, highest levels, 20, 20 is my sponsors. My sponsors are Mikel Thorpe of the expat money show. If you want to get the hell out of Dodge, he's your guy. Does this as a podcast, does this as a business. Definitely go check him out. I have Jeremy who has an Etsy shop at etsy.com slash shop slash raising liberty. If you want some Liberty merch, go check that out. Follow him on Twitter at Jeremy Rhymes. Then Toad of Tower Power Hour. Uh, he's my co-host on there at TPH underscore Toad. Uh, go check out that show as well if you like offensive comedy. Uh, it's a fun one. It's got me, Toad, Clint, who's my guest today, Reed, Top Lobster, Fat Dave, uh, all the people you love. Uh, yes, and also, like I mentioned, Top Lobster, go to toplobster.com, use Jose at checkout for 10% off, you can get No Way Jose merch, you get Liberty Lockdown merch, Tower Power Hour merch, a uh, bunch of other shows as well, and then also you have stuff that's not necessarily uh, show-related. Uh, I definitely highly suggest going to check that out. Top's a man, I love that guy. With that, let's get the homie in here. What's up, man? Hey! Hey! <laughs> Sorry, I was checking my mentions real quick. What's going on, brother? Not much, man. I'm glad to have you. It is like I said in the intro. It's like someone brought up, and I was like, I don't even remember the last time I had a one-on-one with Clint or Top or or Reed or I guess Fat Dave, but I don't really have anything I want to talk to him about. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel too. It's, I, I have, I, I have, I'm doing a series of Toad though, so but that's a little different. I, but. I get all I can take of Cole in the two hours that we talk every week. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I feel like scarcity makes it better too with him. So you're oh, just for like, sure. whoa, like this is how you live. <laughs> this is how you think. <laughs> He's such a beautiful soul. I really love that guy. So you already announced on your show, but I just wanted to geek out a little bit because I am not gonna lie, I'm very excited about this. The big announcement. I'll let you do it just because you have a uh, certain uh, energy the, about you. The announcer's voice. January nineteenth, ladies 17th. and gentlemen. January 17th, ladies and gentlemen, Tower Gang, Timcast IRL, live 
One million motherfucking people will hear the retardedness that is us. I'm so excited, dude. It's going to be yeah. crazy. Wild. 1.5 million. I was looking at them today, and they like, like a show that's been out for like a day will have like 300,000 views. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you're like, oh, he's, he's like every yeah. single time. And, yes. and most of them exceed a half a million after a couple weeks. And uh, that doesn't include his audio downloads, which are, I'm sure, at least comparable. So it's a big show. Yeah, just out of curiosity, I know he has his member. I've, I've never been one to really watch his show much. He has a members one, right? Mm-hmm. How, how hard Half do they let hour. you go there? Is it still like a, you can say fuck, but don't you dare say anything too bad? Because <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not I mean, on YouTube, it, is it? No, it's not. Uh, okay. I think you're technically allowed to say whatever you want. Um, He's at that point, back. Yeah, at that point, I was, <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. At that point, though, I was so, I was so um, on the defensive because I came back from the bathroom in between the break and he was like, this motherfucker said fuck 12 times and i was like oh god damn it i didn't know i didn't know dude like literally like when i sat down they told me hey don't talk about vaccine efficacy and don't talk about you know blah 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 like like the election and i was like okay and that was it that's the only guidelines they gave me so like beyond that i thought i was good to go so your honor i thought i could say the (laughs) n-word well i didn't even say a racial slur so the fuck it's okay yeah no, I, uh, I mean, I'm not going. We've already talked. It's either going to be two or three of us, and we've already kind of workshopped amongst ourselves who we think the best move is you, Top, and if we can get a third, Fat Dave, a.k.a. Cole. I think that's the move. Uh, I, think, no. I think that threesome would be great. And what's really cool about it is that Cassandra, for those that aren't aware, uh, that's their booker. Cassandra McDonald and she and I have been mutuals for a while and she's the one that reached out to to book us and she immediately followed up after I said you know can you fit more than two and she's like well if you guys you know do good uh we're totally open to having you know the rest of your gang on uh a month after and I was like holy shit so if they if they do that I don't even know man I'm gonna be so happy dude one 1. 1.5 million subs is wild uh you know like <laughs> I mean it is weird though because it's like I'm excited, but also it's like we're going to sit around and talk about the current events of the day. It's like because I mean, does he I don't really watch the show much. Is that te- generally kind of always a template, really? I'm not 100%. even criticizing. Apparently, he's doing something right. But like, no, 100 percent. That's what yeah. he does. He, I mean, in, in fairness, if you're doing a daily show, you don't have much other option. Like, yeah. it, he, and it's not he doesn't have a huge squad, like a huge team for pre and post and everything production. So it's like. He just reads the news all day. He does a multi-hour show by himself in the morning, and then he reads more news, and then he does a you know two and a half hour show at night every single day, or at least Monday through Friday. The guy, the work ethic is astronomical. I mean, to be fair, if I had no real job and all I did was podcasting, I mean, although at the same time, even just doing this like twice a week, sometimes I'm like, there are times where I get like um, what's fatigue almost, where I'm like, I don't know yeah. what the fuck I want to talk about. Usually, I mean, my the method by which I do my shows is because I know I don't want to get bored, so I just kind of follow whatever interests me. But every now and then, especially if I'm like deep in some sort of series or some shit, there might be a moment where I'm like, I'm just not in this. But well, I'm you know, just I'm just saying three three shows a week is basically what I do, and uh, that's including Tower Gang and maybe four, pushing it all the way to. 10 yeah dude like that's insane <laughs> like I, I i have no interest in ever doing that to myself that would be brutal yeah i don't either i just hope tower power just makes it really big and that's all i can ever do just two hours once a week and i live off of that <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine that'd be so ridiculous that'd Bro, be as retarded as the show itself <laughs> 
let's be real. If it ever got big, we'd probably have to expand at least like two weeks, kind of like a Legion oh, yeah. side template. Yeah. But I would do that'd be yeah. easy too. Yeah. yeah, maybe do like a one week where it's gas, one where it's just the boys type deal. Uh something along those lines. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh I mean it's weird. I'm gonna be on a cruise, uh, so I won't even be able to watch it. I'm like, I probably ought to look into the Wi Fi because I'm like I'm going to be so upset sitting there in the boat with like my buddies on Tim Cass and I can't even watch. <laughs> yeah, that is going to be strange, man. I'll tell you, yeah. I'll tell you, I was just on a cruise and I got the highest level Wi-Fi and it is horrifically slow. Yes. So you're probably not going to be able to watch it. Yeah, probably not. Uh, I mean, especially not live. I mean, maybe I could watch it later. I'm, I'm just going to have to suck it up and watch it when I get off the thing. I'm going to be like, I'm going to have to like on the drive home, be like, everyone shut the fuck up in the car. We're, we're watching Tim, Tim Pool, all right? Dude, what, if, what if we get... Uh, swatted and they just shoot me dead <laughs> you get off the ship and you find out that I'm dead. <laughs> i'd be upset but there's probably nothing better for the show oh but... the show the show would be doing huge numbers <laughs> i mean aside from like maybe i wouldn't say you out of that group actually i don't know well you you know what actually between you top and cole that's a hard one because cole's the glue uh tops tops the art yeah oh, what's up eddie you showed up to the private stream what's up man um but uh yeah no that'd be uh that'd be that'd be wild i don't i don't know who i'd change between the three of you that's a hard for the the let's just let's just throw toad in there just so we can all feel yeah no yeah we gotta yeah we gotta bring toad (laughs) actually you know that's a smart idea you you should instead of bringing fucking uh cole bring toad and that way if there is like an active shooter you have a you have a barricade human shield yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) toad toad the human shield (laughs) (laughs) i just i just turn him and i go he's got a gun and i just throw toad at them You just pick them up by the back and kind of like one of those police police shields. <laughs> of course, so. love you, buddy. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. It should be fun. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see us in that in that uh, in that way because it's like I think everyone's expecting us to do comedy and shit because we're a comedy show. But uh, I think luckily for us, I think we're gonna be able to pull this off better than like any other comedy show. Because pretty much all of us are also like serious autists in our own way as well, so we're able to yeah. rumble in that way. I mean, yeah, I'm more I'm more that than I am the comedy guy. So like, it'll it'll be fine for me. I just want to try and make it funny, and that that'll be the challenging part. So we'll see. Yeah, how it goes. which I mean, we we used to be more. Uh, I mean, I guess we used to try to go for more smarter humor back in the day a little bit. We used to try to mix it in with a libertarian uh, like theory and stuff so maybe yeah, we, if we, we tap ain't doing that, that anymore no we just kind of <laughs> let that go it's just i know it, it's like the crazier the world gets the better tower power it gets because it's the more like i don't even want to like and if we do cover political stuff it's just to mock it because it's yeah. hilarious so but all right let's uh let's get into some topics man uh what, what do we got what do we got we got fucking elon uh, tell me about this journalist thing because you're you're much more like i'm plugged into online but i'm not i don't follow the stories as well as i should so give me a rundown if you could I'm not expecting to be perfect, but uh, of the whole journalist situation, because I found that fucking hilarious. And I'm genuinely looking forward to covering this entire power tomorrow because it's like this is one of those ones. It's like this is so funny to me. Like, it's so you, are you talking about the suspensions? Yes. Like with the Oberman and all that shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Honestly, like there was a a Elon jet tracking uh, app or something like this kid, this fucking like college kid created. And basically, Elon has a uh, a transponder that changes every month, so it's basically impossible to track him. But this kid found out that like if you if you scrape the data from the FAA or the local airports, you're able to basically create an algorithm where you can figure out 
based off of location and destination and time of like takeoff and altitude, like you can actually figure out where they're going and, and basically approximate uh, which one is, is Elon's plane. So this kid's, I mean, he's obviously smart, but he's a piece of shit because he's trying to extort him for 50 grand or a Tesla. Like that's what the kid wants to stop doing it. <laughs> and all these fucking journos who hate Elon because they've been told to, um, they start to report on this tracking service and they tweet out the link to be able to see Elon's info, real-time flight info, which is essentially doxing. And that there's a policy that you can't dox, so he fucking nuked him. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all there is to it. Yeah, no, I just find it hilarious because they they were all warned too, weren't they? That's the big thing. Like this was the, yep. uh, I believe, it, I don't know if it was the Tyler Yankee said it first, uh, our buddy, he said it was like they, they were treating it like it was their Selma. And it, that's like part of what's so funny about it, that they're like, oh, you're about free speech. And it's even like, it's it's actually kind of pitiful how many people even from our camps are kind of wrapped up in this like, well, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, like the left, like that's, I, mean, I want a free speech for us and them. And you're right. like, for one, it's just like a stupid understanding of what we're asking for. Like, because all these like generic conservative, like, uh, you know, types uh, typically, or like, I don't know, not to throw a name to the bus, but uh, almost like the base politic types. That's the name, like, it's whatever that sphere is of people. Like they have this, <laughs> this take of where it's almost like, well, I think we should operate this uh, in accordance with the first amendment. And it's like, for one, that's like retarded because it's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Generally speaking, yeah, it's kind of good. But then you run into things like this. I don't think it's the least bit unreasonable for someone to have a platform and be like, hey, uh, you can't be giving out like specific personal information to people. And even really, even if it is publicly available, you know, I think because it's like because yeah. the context of why you're doing it in, in that in that manner is clearly threatening or something along those lines um, threatening or intimidation or something yeah. i mean it really is dangerous I, like i i wasn't i didn't feel endangered when i was doxxed it was like not that big of a deal but i definitely felt like the person that did it shouldn't be on the platform because like it's just malicious shitty behavior and do you really want that to be what the platform is used for like i i just think that that's that's one of the rare things that i think like a private company like it's a totally reasonable terms of service item to add in there. So I don't think that it's a free speech issue at all personally. Um, but you know, if the, obviously if the government were dictating it, like, Oh, you can't do this, then I would probably be opposed to it. So it's different. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I just, I, this is the, I see, I think, feel like this shows the flaw in the thinking of a lot of types where they, they try to, uh, you know, I don't know if it's just their, their deference to the, the, Bill of Rights and the Constitution aware, but this just seems to really go to. And that's why so many people are caught up in this, like, well, I want real free speech, so I'm going to take up the banner for these people and have their back. And it's just, it's such a weird, like, for one, even if that is true, like, even if, if you do think that's a consistent position, I think it's dumb because let's say you do think it's wrong or, or you know, improper or not, or not the ideal situation for these people to get booed off. Like, and you have admitted these people are your enemies at some point because most of these the, the demographics these people are the people who are calling for all the lockdowns everyone else to be censored all the shit and i'm not saying you should ever call for their their uh you know the same to be done to them essentially you know calling for aggression or what have you but the idea that you were in any way uh it's ne necessitated for you to defend them to be consistent yeah 
or to, you know, <clears throat> like, I guess I have their back in any way. I just find that to be a silly concept. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think that we're compelled to stand up for people that don't believe in free speech and say they deserve free speech. I don't think we're compelled to. Now I, I do personally side with like, I want this platform to apply its rules evenly. So I will push back against it simply because I don't want it to be used against us. That's it. Um, but if they're, if he's banning people for doxing, I'm okay with that because I don't think that you should be doxing people. So it's a diff, you know, it's like, I see the nuance and all this, but, um, I do think it's a mistake to like, be like, well, I want, I, I mean, all I ever wanted was the journalists to be able to speak freely too. And it's like, like these people are fucking your enemies for sure. Like they, like if there is an enemy class, like journos are very high up on that list and to, to run any sort of defense for them, that's like explicitly about them, I think is a mistake. Now making a principled stand of like, Hey, he just announced this 24 hours prior that anybody, you know, sharing my personal data or for anybody uh, will be banned. And like, I'm going to, I'm instead of giving them a permanent ban, I'm going to give them 30 days. If they come back and they do it again, it's going to be permanent. Like just make it fucking explicit. Just stop with this like ever revolving target, you know, where you just can't figure out what the fuck we're supposed to do. Cause that's, that's what the old guard did. And I hated it. So that's, that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't really feel like I have much to add to that one. Yeah, uh, don't dox people. Oh, I did want to add our buddy Cole that we were talking about earlier, or Fat Dave or whatever. He actually got doxxed and lost his job and like a good paying job. And luckily he landed on his feet. But he this is all over a stupid joke. And I'm pretty sure it was against the term of services or terms of service before. So I the think so. I, so like I mean, yeah, no, it was it was yeah. actually yeah. So the whole 24 hours thing, like I get your point. If that was the first time, uh, maybe you forgot about it. I mean, I guess maybe it's murky because people are like, this is a new, new people. I do well, want to say, let, let me, let me explain real quick. The reason, the reason I say that that's a problem is because he said his commitment one month ago, he said his commitment to free speech goes to the extent of not banning this particular account that's tracking my private plane. Elon said that. Oh, okay. So, so he, he opened up that door. So when he closed it and said, you know, from this point forward, I am going to ban people for sharing that information. It's like, all right, you can't like, you got to give people a little leeway. Cause like, what if they didn't see that tweet and they didn't know, you know? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, especially if we already did say that. Uh, but yeah, I, I do, I do want to make it clear. I see so much talk from a lot of people about how uh, Twitter is so much better. And I do think it's better, but I also think people need to realize that it's, I, I don't know if maybe it's just because I am, have been banned multiple times. I have a lot of friends, pretty much almost all my friends have been banned at least once. Like you kind of learn where the line is and what people are getting banned on. For the, like you're just kind of hip to that line of like thinking and what's going on there. And right. I haven't really noticed a significant difference in the way people get banned or nuked. It seems to be for the peons, it's almost exactly the same. Yeah. I, I don't notice much difference. I mean, I know I hear a lot of people saying it's better, but I mean, it seems to be those are usually, usually people with larger accounts. So maybe it's a different experience for them, especially if they're similar thinking to us because they see these big counts that are kind of in their vein, like the uh, the McCulloughs or whatever coming back and like, woohoo. And don't be wrong, those are great. But you know, when you're just like a peon like like me or whatever, it's like you, you're like, well, no, all the people at my thing, it's pretty much all the same rules. Like well, nothing's changed. No, the, the big change is that they're not hitting people for election denial and they're not hitting people for covid you know yes. quote unquote misinformation but they they really haven't changed at all the the hate speech shit like yeah. at all so 
I think that's what's fucking up our little guys because like they they're the ones that say a lot of hate speech. So <laughs> it's the funniest kind of speech. <laughs> I know it's the best kind, but I'm just I'm just explaining. Like there there is a real change, but it's only substantive. Like it's it's only the the vaccine and the election stuff. All right. Well, I guess we're going to keep on talking about Twitter. I, I hate this. Feels so gay. But that really is where so much shit is happening now, and there is interesting stuff. And so, like, this is kind of the counter to my point of where it's not gone better. I mean, it has in some ways, and this is this is one of them. Uh, well, I guess not what I'm about to say, but in general, a lot of this stuff. But I do want to talk touch on Elon leaving. I guess by the time this goes public, this will kind of be old news, and maybe whatever we predict will be uh, different. But I'm just kind of curious. You saw that poll, which, uh, I mean, the whole poll thing is like, don't be wrong, there's some moments where it's kind of cool and some moments where it's really gay. Uh, I guess that's just democracy in general, I guess. But no like, uh, uh, what, what are your thoughts of the whole leaving thing? Do you even think he's going to? Do you think he has someone lined up? I, I don't know. I he, saw he something. Actually, he tweeted out an hour ago saying um, he will step down. He's just going to be in charge. I think he said of programming and one other thing. Uh, but he will step down from CEO, quote, as soon as I can find someone stupid enough to take the job. <laughs> that's what he said. Okay. All right. Well, so I think he, I think he's sincere. Um, but from what other people have told me, like that was the expectation from the the get go. Like he didn't want to be CEO forever. Um, you know, personally, I would like to see him stay because I feel like his commitment, uh, will be at its highest level as long as he's in that position. But you know, it is what it is. Let's just pray to God. He puts in someone that's good. Cause if he, if he puts in someone like, uh, you know, Yoel Roth or something like we're fucked again. Yeah, I mean, it is weird with Elon. He hangs with a weird group. Like, he definitely has some, like, weird Zionist government buddies. And he also has, like, people who are cool. And it's just a weird smorgasbord. So it's like, I don't know where this is going to get passed off to. Me too. So you said he's going to keep – what is he holding on to? Because I, I, this is news to me. He said he would be doing I, – I forget exactly. But it was something to, the, like, like programming head. Like, he'll be in charge of, like – overseeing the programmers so that the, as they make improvements to code and shit like that, which isn't surprising because that's basically what he does with Tesla as well. Um, and then there was one other thing. I can't remember what it was, but oh. like just these two things. So just, he would not be CEO anymore though. It's such a weird move. It's just kind of like almost what was even the point? I guess maybe just to get the ball rolling. I, I mean, I guess it, it all depends on who he chooses to pick to follow him. It's a very I, I think weird it, move. I think it's time constraints, man. He's the guy has got, you know, three mega businesses and, yeah. uh, I just don't think he can do it. It's just weird. It's just like, I guess unless he just really has someone picked up, picked out and he has an idea, like he sees a promise for it where it's going. But otherwise, it's just weird. Cause I mean, he did put, he put so much money and time into it. And like, I get it now. It's like, Oh, it's a time burden, but it's like, okay, but you already put all this time into it and you're trying to make an, essentially an investment of some sort. Well, so I, if I were him, I would not hand it off, but that's, yeah. that's just me. But you know, if his, if his priorities are still, largely dedicated towards you know interplanetary space travel and setting up uh, some sort of new civilization like well then you're not going to be able to head twitter forever like that's just reality yeah well that's weird i had seen something well not too long ago i didn't read the article or whatever or see where but i guess elon had made some sort of thing insinuating maybe it was a fake poll to catch bots uh yeah. or something or not a fake poll, i, I, a real I was poll. hoping that's what it was yeah which, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where he said that. I mean, knowing – or not – I guess I don't know him. But of what I know of him, that could easily have just been him, you know, maybe making some sort of joke or trolling people to make it out like he's not going to because he's a weirdo like that. That's the um, hardest part about him. You can never get a read on him because, like, <laughs> like 30% of what he says is just, like, stupid autist humor. And I can't – I don't know. I don't know, though. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, uh, on the polls thing, he brought, he brought another one today that I thought was kind of interesting, the idea of it. 
Uh, he put out a, a poll. I shared it in our group chat earlier. You probably saw it. It was the it was just some stimulus package. He was like, "Hey, should we pass this uh, whatever trillion uh, stimulus package yep. or or one point seven trillion yeah. omnibus bill? Oh, omnibus bill, whatever. Same difference, money. But <laughs> uh, and the poll is like something retarded, like almost eighty to twenty in favor of not doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, obviously that's not official. That doesn't mean whether it'll go through or not, but I do like the idea of, obviously I think democracy sucks, but it is kind of the one good thing about democracy is to use the argument of democracy against democracy. So like essentially what we're seeing here is like, obviously yeah, I know all the constitutionalists or whatever out here are like, well, this isn't a democracy. Well, okay. It's a democracy with more steps. That's basically what a constitutional republic is. So all he's demonstrating here is, Hey, this is what you guys want. However, millions of people have said, you know, and overwhelmingly, I don't want this. And then you're going to probably do it anyways. So it, 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 I feel like it's like a good, like in real life demonstration. And so it's stuff like this, why I do like, that he's around and he's so active and what he's doing. Yeah, uh, I, I guess too. I just like him to commit more. I don't have any thoughts on that one. I thought it was interesting. That he did no, that. I, I mean, I think it's great. Like anytime you can demonstrate that like there's not popular will for this thing. Cause like, even if it's obviously it's Elon's followers, but a ton of his haters follow him too, of course. And you would get 80, 20 against like, that's pretty clear that there's not popular public will for this thing. So, um, you know, I like it just because it demonstrates that the, our quote unquote representatives don't represent us and that we're ruled by fucking tyrants and thieves and murderers. And I don't see how that's not a net positive for us. Oh, I just saw this uh, in the chat. It was a banger from Eddie Graham. I believe this is when we were referring to using toad as a fucking, uh, as a human shield, <laughs> a three foot barricade. <laughs> that's like, that's like as big as my bulletproof vest. <laughs> hey, all you need to do is get to cover the vitals and he's enough for that. So. Yeah. I could take a couple to the extremities. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Todd. All right. Have you, uh, have you checked up on all that, uh, the, the part a of the Twitter files? I saw you shared it out. I didn't know if you dug into it. I want to find out what you did it. Cause I don't want to read all that. So if you could just pass it on to me in, in this form and for my audience, that'd be awesome. Cause I'm not yeah. going to read all that. Like many people have pointed out already, these Twitter file drops, they bore the fuck out of me. Cause most of them are shit. We already know. And then also the way they go about releasing it. Now, like if they just release it open source and we're just like, hey, we're going to pick at it. And then maybe whatever, get different journalists or people I like were covering it their own ways. I think I'd like it a lot better. It just it just bores the fuck out of me this way. Well, and I feel like me, it kind of stagnates how it gets spread. Yeah, so. well, let me say, uh, of all the drops, the, the past two days were by far the most damning. So if anyone out there is interested, check out Twitter Drop 7 by Michael Schellenberger and Twitter Drop 8 by Lee Fang, I believe, with The Intercept. Uh, fantastic. Um, so 7 demonstrated basically the the FBI's relationship to Twitter and in a very damning fashion. 8 was actually more about how the Twitter's terms of service had forbidden um, governments of the world, not just the American government, from psyoping their people by having fake accounts that are ran by the government under the pretext of them not being government accounts. And it turns out that there were dozens and dozens, if not hundreds and hundreds of accounts that were being utilized in the Middle East as well as Russia that were the the profile pics. In fact, some of them were created by AI. So they were not real human beings and they were dropping, you know, essentially disinformation uh, in these nations uh, in opposition to the local governments and things like that. So just 
what exactly as you said like exactly what we would expect um but it's awesome it's awesome to get confirmation of these things because like the vast majority of people don't think how we do so when i now have fucking hard evidence like hey the american government is creating burner accounts to propagandize people in yemen (laughs) you know like that's a pretty wild thing um so that that's the reason that i like them yeah, no, uh, they're, they're, it's definitely, I do appreciate them. I like, I, I don't want to make it, it's just like, I guess I'm just, you're just, maybe it's, just it's okay. Yeah, I'm just maybe in a crotchety kind of like, I, I I don't know, the way I get why he's doing it, I just don't, I just, I don't know, the whole spectacle, it just comes off so fucking gay to me. Like, I, I don't <laughs> you'll, know, like, you'll sit around and read fucking <laughs> Democracy the God that Failed with fucking Toad, and you can't read these, these drops. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just, I don't know. It hasn't done it for me. It may, like, for me, Twitter is not a place for that. Unless you're sharing an article, then okay, cool. I'll bookmark it, read it later. But like, especially quote tweet threads, like, like I, if you're on Twitter for discourse, I think you're fucking up. Like, the beautiful thing about having a podcast, like me and you, is like, I generally, I mean, I might do like maybe an exchange or two of like actual serious discourse, but then after that, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this. Like, no, if you've noticed, I've almost stopped replying entirely to people like i don't i just don't do it like if someone says something that's like really aggro i'll block them and if they just just say something that i think stupid i just like i'll just move on so yeah i agree with you like there's not there's not much value in it especially now that there's twitter spaces like um i think i'm going to be doing that a lot more especially if it's a you know quote unquote higher profile person that that wants to debate me on anything because like i'm not afraid of you know, being challenged on any of our belief systems. So I, I really enjoy it. And I also racked a hundred followers from doing that spaces. So it's like, that's way more productive use of my time than fucking some multi-hour Twitter battle that doesn't accomplish anything. I've tried to do spaces like I think like two or three times. And I just feel really dumb every time I do it. Cause I just can't figure out the, just the, 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 the logistics of it. Like you're the, you're the youngest boomer. I know. I love it. <laughs> Like I'll be like I don't understand when I'm speaking or if I'm muted. Like I just I don't understand anything. That's it's going so on. straightforward. You're such a caveman. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and I'm like I don't know like how far do I put the phone? Like what what are we doing here? <laughs> it's so weird to me. It's just such a foreign concept to do it that way. Uh, I don't know. It just it just baffles my mind. <laughs> if you if you did it a couple more times, I think you could you could get your head around it. Yeah, I keep being like seeing these and like you know I'm gonna engage and I'm like you know what that. No. <laughs> you know what's weird though? Oh, I was thinking about this today, like because Dave and, and Robbie's episode was basically all about this too, uh, Twitter stuff. And I'm like, you know how many people are not on Twitter? And yet, like, there's enough people on Twitter that we can have these shows and talk just about it and still have a lot of people that are interested. It's just weird to me because I like I know 90% of the, the American people are not on Twitter. So yeah. it's just fascinating. It is weird how Twitter, like I wasn't on Twitter forever because once again, you know, I'm kind of like a, you know, a boomer in my own weird way. I was on Facebook for forever. And then just Facebook just became like, I just couldn't even deal with it anymore because it just became a nightmare. It was just like, I'd post Dude, something. Twitter came out when you were like 15. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get on it until I was like 28, 29, maybe, maybe. No, I, I was, I wasn't 30 yet. So cause I'm 31 now, but. Uh, I've probably been on Twitter for a couple of years at least now, but yeah, yeah no, it's a, uh, it's definitely my favorite social media uh, so far, but I have not that I've been on a ton, but yeah, I, I really, I hate, I literally legitimately hated social media prior to, you know, really just using Twitter as my therapy outlet during the lockdowns. Like, cause I, I only started to use Twitter one year 
prior to lockdown. 2019 is when I like, even though my account says it was created in 09, like I created it, but I never used it. So um, 19 till now, and I'm up to 62,000 followers. And like, that's still not even that impressive when you look at some of these fucking girl accounts and you're just like, oh, hot girl just created her account uh, May 2022 and she's got 75,000 followers. You're like, fucking, I should just kill myself. Like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. No, yeah. Like us as men, we have to, you know, claw for every Dude, little scrap we get. <laughs> I don't think people understand how much merit goes into building an, a, a social media account on any platform as a man. It is so fucking hard. And the girls like Leah Halpern, uh, that hot Bitcoin chick, she fucking started to do YouTube shorts. Girl has over a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube already, just from these shorts that she's been putting out. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah, no, it's 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 wild. <laughs> you know, like I fucking I've, I'm on my third account, I believe now. Both my other ones got up to thirty five hundred, which I mean is a decent following uh, for anyone who knows Twitter well. That's a decent following. <laughs> it's hard. And every fucking to. and it just slaps right down. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that I got to work great to get back to. It takes me probably almost a year to get back up to it every time. I'll be honest, on this latest account, I've been just like, I haven't really been pushing to it that I, I don't hard. I blame you, man. Like, well, it's the, like, the, the real reason I, I'm hammering it so hard is because like once you get to, you know, 50 plus thousand, like you can really grow rapidly because, yeah. you know, the, the capacity for virality with all the people that are willing to retweet me just gets extraordinary. But like under 10,000, yeah, you're just fuck. It's just a slow grind. Yeah, I know. Like the the almost up to two thousand range is like just kind of sucks. And then once you get to like two thousand, three thousand, that's when it starts getting fun because uh, it's like you really can get start engaged. And and I mean, if I wasn't doing a podcast, I probably never would have gone on Twitter. And I probably would have no reason to. So yeah, most people don't. For I think it's a great tool for people like me and you to uh, something about the way Twitter is set up is like I, I can interact with people like Dave Smith or Robbie Bernstein, or I have these type of, you know, or just normal random people. Like you were saying with uh, how I interact, like basically how I interact on Twitter is I like, I might put out a thought if I think it's smart or I put out a joke and then I'll see the replies. And if it's something that's, you know, like you said, if it's aggro, I'll block. Um, but if sometimes if I see something insightful, I'll engage and maybe even be like, Hey, uh, you want to come on or it'll it'll spark something in my head of like something to talk about like it really is oh, just yeah. like an outlet for my show is basically entirely what it is it, yeah in, well that i mean that's the whole reason i'm so committed to it because like look at the fucking guest list i've gotten because of my twitter it's it's outrageous like a, like extraordinary Impo impossible to believe like just some random fucking retired mortgage broker could get dr robert malone on my show <laughs> like what the fuck is happening so yeah yeah twitter's twitter's a godsend i that's why uh, you didn't see it, I'm sure, because you were working. But I debated uh, Dan Berenson, taxation is theft, yeah. Dan, or whatever the fuck, big hat wearing guy. Um, and oh, where was I going with this? Uh, something about how you use Twitter and then how you're engaging with him. Which I, yep. do, I, mean, I totally lost it. All right. Well, know. while you're while you're on that, that's a good. I had a great point, but it I did want to ask you about it because I know everyone in the group chat is talking about it. So I just wanted to get a kind of idea of what you guys debated and what you talked about. It's kind of yeah. Basically, I was saying that it's it's a clear First Amendment violation for the FBI to be coercing a private quote unquote business to uh, censor anybody for any reason. I, I don't think that that's constitutional, and I think that it will be proven out in court if it ever actually sees a court. Um, James Woods is claiming he's going to take it all the way to the Supreme Court if he has to. And like, God bless him. I hope he does, because I think I'll be proven right. But most of the time, what happens is that the government just settles um, mm -hmm. and because they don't want to have 
full disclosure of all of their operations. But the fact that the uh, operations have been disclosed in large part, thanks to Elon, well, maybe, maybe it'll actually happen. So, but Dan's argument was that essentially the only, if there is a first amendment violation, that it was actually Twitter's first amendment violation from the FBI that was occurring. And that the people that were kicked off at the explicit direction of the FBI to Twitter have no first amendment claim. And I just think he's dead wrong. So, Wait, so he's saying that Twitter broke the first amendment or what, just in spirit or legally? No, 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 no. He's saying that Twitter's first amendment right is the only thing that was being violated by the FBI. So they're not, he's saying like the FBI, like the, the, the users that were banned were not having any rights violated. Oh, I mean, Maybe there's like a technically in there, but it's also like a who cares? Like even if technically yeah. it's in effect, it, it affected all of us. So well, well, and and there's already <laughs> there's already case law. I've had Judge Knapp on my show plenty of times to know this for a fact that there's case law that the federal government is not allowed to use a private business as proxy to violate speech rights. It's not allowed to. Yeah. It's unconstitutional. So like I don't have to know exactly how it would like play out in court to just say like this is unconstitutional. Like based off of uh, prior prior statutes and prior case cases like it's it's quite clear so i think he's just flat wrong and it yeah. was weird though because like his whole really what he was trying to get at is like well we just have to leave platforms that treat us like this and i'm like okay you, as you debate me on a twitter spaces that you have not left yeah <laughs> you know? i mean i i sympathize with that one although i think it's like I, I don't know. This is like, I guess it's an easy inroad to make kind of like the agorism thing. Cause a lot of people will bring up agorism with shit like this and they'll be like, well, we should all just do this. Or we should all do that. And I'm like, okay, well, no, you do what you can, where you can. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the idea. Like the idea that we're all just going to up and leave Twitter. Like, no, that would be retarded for you with this, like over 60,000 followers and a show that you're trying to promote to yeah. leave the best place to promote it. Now, do I think it's prudent of you to invest in, you know, some sort of footprint in alternative uh, social medias? Yes. Like, yeah. you know, and I am. Yeah. So, like, I've, now, I've done I've done multiple exclusive episodes on Rumble now, and I'm like gaining that growing that really rapidly. I had over 4000 viewers of my uh, Ed. I forget his last name now, but um, I'm blanking. Anyways, just from last night. So like Dowd. there's Dowd. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Ed Edward Dowd. Um, and that's a great episode. People should check it out. But uh, I'm just saying like I am doing that too because I realize like, yeah, there's a decent chance that Twitter ends up, you know, maybe Elon sells it or he puts some terrible CEO in there and I end up getting nuked. Like anything's possible. Yeah. But yeah. but here's the, here's the real issue. And this is the, the case I was trying to make. If we don't sever the the ability of the federal government to be dictating what private businesses do, it doesn't matter how many different platforms we create because they can, they're still going to feel carte blanche to go out and coerce and pressure and imprison and do whatever the fuck they want to any of these alternative platforms that, that rise up. I mean, Twitter couldn't be more privately held at this point. It's one guy. So like if they can fuck him up, well then why, why should I spend any time growing on any platform? The government can do it to them too. And to them too. And to them too. So it's like, we have to, we have to fight this at some point. And if you want to go the, you know, the full agorist route and like his, his point was like, well, if all social media platforms are corrupted in the same fashion, well then just go to fucking, you know, county fairs and, and <laughs> spread the word about your show there. And I'm like, dude, you don't understand like what I'm trying to accomplish here. I'm not trying to grow fucking five listeners at a time. I'm trying to rack a thousand new listeners every month. You know, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I know that is just plain retarded. Like, okay, if he's going that angle with it, that's dumb. But now, like, 
That's, that's the be, angle he went with it. <laughs> if he was going, like, I could understand making the argument. It's a really stupid nitpicky one, and it's almost semantic of making the argument that they didn't uh, fuck with the First Amendment because technically, I mean, maybe there's something in the Twitter files. I haven't read them all. Maybe you can enlighten me on this if there's something that says otherwise. But it's my understanding they never at any point were like, do this or we'll fucking shoot you or do this or we'll sue you or do this. Or yeah. it was always to go, Hey, it'd be really cool if you did this or, or I think there were even some money exchanging hands that, that, that might Three, be the most damn $3.5 million for their quote unquote for their time. Um, so yeah. that's, now that's that might be get you. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's compensation. And then there's, there's also numerous examples, even where fucking Yoel Roth, who's like a communist said, I don't think we can do this for you guys. And like he responded, he went to counsel, and this is the this is why it's so sinister, dude. The fucking legal counsel of the FBI, the head legal counsel of the FBI on, in like 2016, 17, he became Twitter's head legal counsel. So like, talk about a fucking disgusting, despicable revolving door of the deep state within to you know the highest levels of social media. They had so many former FBI and empo- uh, employees that were working for Twitter. That they had a separate list just to categorize them all. I mean, it's it's insane, dude. And th- this is just one big tech platform. I, I would imagine CIA and FBI have former employees that are deeply embedded in every social media platform, ex- except for maybe Gab, but I bet even there too. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is such a deep-rooted problem. Like, I just don't think you can ignore it and just be like, we're going to aggregate our way out of this, bro. Like, I don't think so. I really yeah. don't. Well, I mean, I do. I, I, the way I'd put it is, I think like. I, I get what you're saying colloquially, but I guess it is, you know, being the resident agorist, I could defend it. I yeah, think sure. that's a retarded understanding of agorism. Uh, well, his, I think his <laughs> understanding of it is. Yeah. Exactly. Now, like if you're the one who's like, Hey, you know, you should hedge your bets. Like, like being the idea of like, Oh, well I'll just leave. And like, you know, you, you know, shame people are still on these platforms. Dude, if we all just stopped voting, then they wouldn't yeah. have any power of us. If we all just stopped paying our taxes, then they would just dissolve. It's like, okay. Yeah, I mean, like, sure. Yeah, you're you're right. Like, it's like technically, yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> but like, let's be real. What, what's going to happen? And and the idea, say, with taxes per se, like, the, yes, obviously, the idea is to try to keep as much of your money as possible, but without it's a cost benefit. Like Conkin himself in in the in the, I believe in Agris Primer laid out his like a legit formula of like a basically cost benefit analysis. Like, hey, I stand to make a hundred thousand dollars off this illegal operation. The penalties are. Uh, $20,000 and possibly six months of incarceration. Am I willing to accept this, this cost uh, for the possible profit? And maybe I can also stash money for every time I don't get caught that way. It kind of compensates. Like it's that type of thinking. It's not this like binary legal, legal. It's also not the opposite where it's like, well, we have to just, you know, no, just don't pay taxes, you know, fucking uh, you know, like, which I know he's that guy because he will cite like if he's legitimately not paying taxes and he's found some weird loophole to get away with it, more power to him. I, well, see, I find this, that to be kind of retarded. But. Well, this is the problem is like he he advertises that he doesn't pay taxes. You know, like I don't think that's the agorist way. <laughs> it's to be well, like theoretically, if he did find a way that he's a because I've heard him talk about before where he supposes like yeah, it's all above board or some yeah, bullshit. He claims, but. I, I have a hard time buying that. I mean, I, I, I know, I know dozens of group. My dad's been a libertarian since the seventies. I know dozens of people that my dad was friends with that went to jail because yeah. they didn't pay their taxes. And they all thought the same fucking shit that Dan did that like I, we found a way, you know, and uh, <laughs> didn't really work out. So yeah. 
Like, I just forgive me for not believing that this guy has finally found this one bulletproof loophole that allows you not to pay taxes. Now, also, he lives in Mexico. So maybe that's why he hasn't been gotten, you know, like, I mean, I mean, even even if he did find this magical loophole that I also find that to be stupid as well, because I feel like it's a faulty understanding of what law is. Law is just whatever the people in power are, you know, enforce. So like whether whether, by the letter of the law, you're safe. Well, guess what? A judge is going to put you behind bars anyways. Yeah. Or they're going to interpret this, this subsection of this law this way in order to, Oh, Oh, we got you. And you're like, Oh, well it says over here. Oh, well, according to this, this case, uh, this takes or whatever. There's a million ways to Sunday. They can fuck you over. So there's a very compelling argument that income tax is unconstitutional. I, I, I agree with it. But I still think if I don't pay my taxes and I fucking argue it all the way up to the Supreme Court, I'm going to prison. Yeah. <laughs> like that's my honest opinion. Yeah, you're not going to get the. You know what? Damn, you're right. <laughs> this, this motherfucker figured it out. We can't. We can't charge anybody any income tax forevermore. Like, yeah, you really think it's going to go down like that? I kind of doubt it. Yeah, and then you see people who there are. There have been. I mean, I wish I could think of them right now. But there have been examples of people who do shit like this, but then will get hemmed up on something else. Yeah. Where they do find some way that they're skirting taxes or technically right, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, on the letter of the law on this one thing, and it'll just get you on a completely separate thing. Yeah. So yeah. the idea that you know, once especially if you're someone like him, flagrantly advertising it, he's either a retard or a fed. That's really all there is to Dude, it. All right, like, so so check this out. <clears throat> this is oh, the is funny. <laughs> no, this is the funniest part of this because it was over two hours. Some rando that I don't know at all comes in and he says, "I you know I just listened to the whole debate." I just wanted to say that, you know, I've worked psychological operations for the, you know, CIA or whatever the fuck. And I just, Dan, I want to know where you live. That's what this, that's what this dude says. And Dan's like, well, what? He's like, well, I'm technically a resident of, you know, the United States. And he's like, yeah, but where do you live though? (laughs) And Dan goes like, well, I'm in Mexico right now. He's like, good. I just wanted to make sure you weren't going to lie to me because the way that you're talking strikes me as to you know like he was basically like saying like he thinks that this guy's an op and it was so fucking funny that because we've all said it so many times and to have a dude who runs like psychological operations for this the, you know the state department or whatever come in and say that like i oh man if you if you want to listen to the replay it's like probably an hour and a half in it's funny i'm i'm dying laughing on the line yeah, by the way, to be clear, I have no evidence whatsoever that No, I'm not saying he fed. is. I just I'm want to be clear everyone out there is like, oh, you said you're fed. I just say that's uh that, that I mean I, I if he you know if he was a fed or wasn't a fed, I mean we that's exactly how we'd act either way, like, <laughs> you know, like or whatever the fuck the saying is. Like I, yeah. that's very I, dude, you're I, either a honestly, deluded idiot or a fed. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly, I don't think he is, but I it just was very funny because so many people have said that about him. And then to have a stranger like just be like, Yeah, I work fucking psyops and like I think you're an op, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. It's just like going around sped spreading essentially the most retarded understanding of agorism. <laughs> like, oh just stop paying your taxes. <laughs> yeah. He's like and advertise just say it as loudly as possible too. It's like, all right, good luck. Yeah, with that. hey, the fucking constitution right here buddy <laughs> well and and for the record i think there's a, a tremendous moral argument to not pay your taxes and like god bless if you want to take that risk and you want to take that route i do think that you are ultimately benefiting the cause of diminishing state power very very small level but you're you're playing a part right um i'm not trying to dissuade dan from doing that in his own personal life but like 
he's asked me a thousand times to come on my show to like basically inform my audience that they also not to not be paying taxes. And I'm like, I don't want that on my shoulders. Like I have no interest in telling people to overtly break the law and then just like, let's hope that Dan Berenson with his big hat is correct. Like that's a terrible burden to take. I actually kind of disagree that maybe not because maybe you could say there's a moral argument, but I actually think it is a bad thing to behave in that way. And I don't think that actually advances the case of Liberty. If to not pay taxes. No, to do what, if you, if you end up getting busted like that, I guess theoretically, if he never pays taxes and he never gets in trouble. Yeah, that's a win. Uh, you know, and, and if we're, you know, chalk it up a win for Liberty, but now theoretically let's be real. It's probably not going to happen. He's probably gonna get busted at some (laughs) point. Like, like, if that's the case, if he's like just completely breaking the law or whatever, which I have no problem with him breaking the law, but he's to to his own detriment. I actually think it's a negative because I oh, yeah. I th- I think it, it's better. It's kind of the wealth, power, and influence thing. Essentially, you're working b- backwards there. You're fucking yourself over completely, and all you're doing is put lessening one person's station, someone who could be helpful in other ways. And essentially putting them in a more vulnerable situation where they'll have to be likely more dependent on the state, mm-hmm. less likely to be able to, you know. So this is why it's like a balancing act. I think it really is. I do think it is advisable to, uh, you know, keep your money where you can. There are definitely occasions where I think it's actually a good thing to break a law or, or at least a neutral thing. Uh, plenty of times the idea that it's ever, you know, that like a law is this magical thing that if you break it, oh no, it's bad. Like, no, like, is it, you need to use your own morals and determine like, Hey, is this actually a morally bad thing to do? Is this like, um, right. you know, and, and like sodomy laws, if you're cutt- cuddling read, for instance. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, all right. One more thing. Let's get into JFK. Uh, have you, did you check the JFK stuff lately? Have you been listening or checking it out? I, I did, but there's really nothing to talk about, man. Like oh, it's a, it's a unnamed source that's familiar with the unreleased documents from the JFK files. Like, what the fuck is that? That I can't, I can't make any assessment off of that. But it was a document that was released, right? Or in that, but is no. that the source of the? I thought there was another document released or something along those lines. Nope. What the fuck? So it's just some random source that came. Oh, out. oh. In terms, in terms of the, uh, the there was some additional files I believe that yeah. really were released, but like there was no smoking gun in that from what I've seen. So. I think that like the smoking gun that's making everyone talk is Tucker Carlson repeating a quote from a guy who's familiar with the the documents that were not released. So we don't know what the fuck they say. And the guy doesn't say what they say. He just says the CIA was directly involved in the assassination of JFK and everything you know is a lie. That's what he says. And it's like, OK, <laughs> like, or, or everything's fake is what it, is what this dude says. This Trust random me, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, look, I, I believe that the CIA yeah. was involved in the assassination of JFK. That's my belief. Yeah. However, I'm not going to fucking rely on some unnamed source. Like, I just don't do that. So yeah. I don't know what it is. JFK is actually one of the few ones that I don't immediately jump to. Government did it. Like, of the of the things. Because, uh, I mean, I don't have... I actually think this might be one... I might cover this soon. I've been kicking around the idea of doing like a... Kind of like what I did with OKC, but with, uh, with that. Because I had someone contact me. Uh, that uh, is kind of into that. So I'm debating it. Uh, I'm kind of interested. Uh, I feel like JFK's one of those ones that gets like way more than the minutia. So it's like almost kind of weirdly boring in a way. But it is one of those ones where like it's not simple as, hey, we have this patsy that we think did it. And then there's – it's maybe the government's involved. Like there's almost two parties. With the JFK thing, I mean I guess it's not – that's a, it's an overly simplified way to put it. Because even with like a fucking um, – 
even with like OKC, there was like the Aryan movement too that it could have had some involvement. So there's always that third element. But generally speaking, it's like usually two parties of the possibility. The one they say it is, and probably yeah. the government or something. Yeah, there's there's way more in the CIA case. Yeah. Yes, and, th- and this one, the JFK one, it's like it could be the Cubans, it could be the Russians, yeah. it could be the mobsters, it could be. It's the either mafia. I, my personal opinion. It's there's four real options. It's it's the mafiosos, the fucking uh, Castro regime, um, the KGB, or the CIA. And yeah. and you know, I guess FBI, CIA, just include that as one. Uh, I don't know. I you know, I, I really don't know for sure. Um, you know, the fact that that Lee Harvey Oswald. I, first off, I think that there's two shooters like that. That's one thing I'm I'm pretty confident of because it's just an impossible shot. It's just so fucking insane to to do what he did and to have that amount of damage from the uh, uh, the alleged rounds that were fired from Oswald. Um, so I don't buy that. I think there's two shooters. I think that Oswald probably I mean, he did have relationships with the KGB and but he also had relationships with Castro. So it's like it, it goes so deep. But the fact that he's assassinated by a guy who also gets assassinated or, or dies of a heart attack in prison, um, you know, makes me feel like there was a cover up and it was probably covered up by our own government because I just don't think or or, or the mob because, you know, uh, Ruby had relationships with the mob. It, I mean, it goes deep, man. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The Ruby connection is weird because uh, a lot of people don't know this, but Dr. Jolly West visited Ruby while he was in a, in a prison. Uh, to kind of like you know, uh, I forget how they psychological counseling or something yeah. along those lines. But and, anyone and, knows he said, and he West, said the man's crazy. Yeah, and, and anyone knows who Jolly West is? That is the MK Ultra guy, yep. like who mysteriously always somehow is the go-to guy to talk to, uh, you know, the patsies or the supposed people in situations like this. There's there's multiple other cases. But, it's weird. But see, this this is what leads me towards CIA because yeah. why the fuck is that guy doing that with Ruby? Like, I just don't, I just don't buy it. Like, there's just no way, like, if it were the KGB, like, sure, it could have been done in tandem, kind of like the COVID shit. Like, there's a potential that the CCP and the CIA were in on that. There's also the potential that the KGB and and uh, the CIA wanted JFK out because they thought that he was, like, a detriment towards World War Three or preventing it. I don't know which. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I just fucking wish they would disclose these goddamn documents so we could figure it out. Yeah, there, I mean, there's also the possibility, too, that, like, uh, there essentially is a cover-up, even if they weren't the ones who did it. Uh, yeah, but why? Well, for example, all right, 9-11, that's a big one. Is that they? they uh, I don't know. It depends, like, who did it. Maybe they're covering it for some sort of political larger reasons. Like, say it was the Russians. Uh, I forget what our current climate at the time. I think it wasn't good with the Russians, so I don't no, know why they would cover it. was terrible with the Russians. But maybe for whatever reason, they're like, hey, we don't want to spiral out of control. I don't know. Whatever reason. Yeah. It's kind maybe of they thought it was going to lead to nuclear yeah. war if it turned out that the Russians had been responsible for the death of JFK. Certainly, there would have been yeah. popular support for fucking war with Russia if that had happened. Yeah, which I guess in that case is kind of like good on the CIA to some extent. It's like it's probably good to tone that down a bit. But yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It, yeah, it's it's certainly possible. But I think, you know, I would prefer that they just make the argument like <laughs> the Russians, you know, they did it. And uh, we're not going to go to nuclear war because we're not out of our fucking minds. Um, but yeah. we are going to do something else. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's just at, at some point you have to tell the truth. I mean, the, yeah. the level of conspiracizing around this topic after 60 plus years of this shit is just it's breaking this country apart and and at some point i like i just feel like there has to be someone in the government that cares about their reputation just for their own survival because it like everything they've been doing particularly over the past couple of years but basically our entire lives has been so counter to truth and so about narrative control that like even people that are you know normies 
are basically like, yeah, of course the CIA killed JFK. You know, like, <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Yeah, no, it is wild and people think that. But the point I was getting with the cover-up thing, too, is like with 9-11, which, I mean, don't be wrong. I'm sure we could have been involved to some extent, but the real smoking gun uh, when it comes to 9-11 is like the Saudis, particularly. And we found out years later that we did multiple covert actions. We were carting them out of the country, uh, doing all sorts of things to cover up for the Saudis after the fact because they they seem to be somehow involved some way, especially if you follow Israelis the Israelis too, though. Yeah, dude. Israelis as well. So it's like the idea that they're covering up because of a political reason because obviously they didn't want to cause tensions between allies, which – I mean, I guess like you could say maybe is if Israel killed JFK, maybe uh, if that was the case, I, then maybe that's why they covered up. I don't fucking know. I doubt Israel did it. That's just an idea of throwing out. Yeah. Point is, it's like we'll never we'll never know until they tell us. But I do think I talking out my ass a little bit here because I've I've watched a couple of videos today, but I, I can't say for certain. I'm pretty sure what I was getting at is that they released. Maybe this was from the Tucker thing, but I'm pretty sure one of the things that came out was something along the lines of that Oswald was at one point an asset. I don't think yeah. there oh, yeah, was at right. that time, uh, which is because I know a big part of his past is that he was like a super, like a uh, very publicly political, uh, like uh, to almost a weird degree, which yep. would make sense if they were, you know, running some sort of op of some sort. Uh, and he so. was anti-imperialist. He was like uh, basically like the un-American type left leaning mm -hmm. protester that existed in america i think those were the two big things that came from the documents that they actually did did disclose was one that he was a, uh, an asset and two that uh you said the guy's name but whoever met with ruby in, in his prison cell i beyond that i haven't heard of anything that's like quote unquote new information so uh yeah that jolly west thing was from forever ago though maybe more came out on it because i don't know oh was it jolly west thing yeah. from yeah, i had never heard that what? I don't know specifically because I'm not like a Richard Booth type where I can spout you off. I just right. I heard this from somebody and he said, trust me. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, like people are, you know, the news is actually talking about this Jolly West thing. So I think I are think they? that, oh, shit. yeah, I think maybe that's been confirmed yeah. recently. Um, but that that to me is like that's a smoking gun. Like if the, the head of MK Ultra is meeting with an assassin, like what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Wild shit. Yeah. Yeah. Once you start going down this wormhole, it gets really weird. Like I like even just me going down OKC is taking me down. Now I'm reading about like I'm currently reading an audiobook that's covering uh I believe it was like the 60s slash 70s period of like this certain specific area where all these big uh musical influences came up, kind of like a hippie music scene. And apparently there's a lot of weird connections that makes it look like a ton of these people were artificially propped up and were essentially feds. Like a lot of these like big names, like uh, big old school rockers and stuff like hippies had like weird. A lot of them had weird fed connections, like had some mm -hmm. dad who was like a general or some dad who worked for the Department of Defense or whatever. Like like and it's 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 weird. I mean, I haven't finished it, obviously, but it's kind of playing off the same. I've heard uh, that I, about Jim Morrison for sure. Yeah, yes, Jim Morrison was one of them. But I mean, I, I went from OKC to then I read about like Manson, which goes into MKUltra, which also goes into how Hollywood is kind of like manipulated by the feds. And now I'm kind of like honing in now on that one little spot of like, because uh, that's kind of where Manson came from too, that one little area. So yeah. it, it's weird well, how and, these and, all things flow together. <laughs> and then and then you have the recent, you know, allegations from Kanye West towards hollywood yep. and his handlers and blah 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 and how it was from the canadian basically mk ultra program that 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 dude came from and it's like 
and it's all it's all so dark and so sinister and i just like i really wish i knew the truth i think that's at the end of the day like that's really what i want here is just the truth because i can't get i really can't get a handle on these things like i I don't want to believe that, like, because for the longest time, I thought that MK Ultra was like, yes, it was real. Yes, it was a government program to try and see about, you know, mind control and manipulation and psychological warfare and shit like that. But I just didn't, I really didn't think that it was successful, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And because I just don't think that you can actually, like, do that to people by giving them LSD. Like, I've taken LSD. I don't think that you could fucking put me on LSD and then force feed me a bunch of bullshit programming. And then all of a sudden, I would have a trigger word that would turn me into an assassin. Like, that's just very hard for me to believe. But then, you hear about the head of fucking MK Ultra meeting with Jack Ruby, and you're like, fucking maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, they, they probably have different... Like, I don't think... Because I think your initial uh, thought is right in the idea of that, like, hey, especially if you look in MK Ultra and the uh, original things they're trying to do, like, hey, we want to be able to get this person a drug and go get him do whatever we want. I don't think it's as simple as that. Like, when you read Chaos by Tom O'Neill that kind of goes into Manson, I think that gives you an idea of more likely... I mean, this is probably one of many methods or things they do, but with somebody like Manson, I think he was likely some sort of uh, fed up of some sort. I, mm -hmm. I don't know the, the entire game, but if you read it, you kind of get an idea of what was going on. And I think it's more of a scattershot, and then they probably have their outside influences that kind of uh, control things from the outside. Uh, almost why, like why, why, why would Manson not? Like he's been in prison forever, uh, or is he dead now? I don't even know. But he's been I in prison forever. Alive, I think. Okay. I don't know. I don't why? Know. Why would he not disclose this stuff? I I I don't know how much he really knew. Okay. You know but what I mean? Like, like, but like, if they're if he's an op and they're controlling him in some fashion, like he wouldn't have any inkling of that. You think? Well, I I don't know. I mean, if you read the chaos, I don't know the specifics and how they found. Out. I don't know if it was if some of it was from testimony from Manson or what, but the big thing is that he was part of some program and, you know, bear in mind people listening, I'm hazy. I've read, it has been a while since I've read it, but he was in some sort of program. And the first time he went to prison where they were essentially doing MK ultra type stuff. Sure. I think, I think they don't tell a whole lot, but he essentially had a handler who end up, you know, weirdly conveniently also being his uh, probation officer later. Cause that's why he kept getting off. So I don't know what kind of relationship he built. Like, if you listen to in that book and the relationship described between the uh, Manson and the Handler it was almost like borderline like familial, like yeah. they create some sort of weird, like close bond. And I'm not <laughs> saying that he was like keeping his lips closed. I just don't know how much he really knew. Here, here's always been my thesis on this: is like I don't think that MK Ultra is ne necessarily uh, successful in the the uh, the more wild claim of like we gave them hallucinogens and then. They have a trigger word and then they're assassins. Like, I, I think that what I would guess is that you're, if you are, if I, like, if I was working for the government, if I was a CIA agent and I was trying to get someone to do something, I, I would go to prisons. I would find crazy people that like, I would have a fucking, you know, uh, whatever the fuck the word is where you have like a, a makeup of their personality and shit like that. And, and I would just find people that I think like are prone to doing something crazy. And then I would get them out of prison early because I have that power and I would fucking put them in a place where I want them to do something crazy. And then I would allow them to do their thing, you know, like kind of like that. And that's kind of how Manson struck me is like he was in jail for something, I think, pretty bad. I don't remember what it was, but I don't remember either, yeah. um, and then he gets out early and he, you know, he ends up, you know, having this cult and. I don't know. It, that that to me seems more reasonable. Um, 
but I would like to know, you know, like if they can, if they can really fucking control minds, if you give them enough resources and time, like that would be fascinating. Yeah. I think a good, another good book for people out there. I just finished reading the men who stare at goats. If you ever watched that movie. Yeah. That, well, the book is like, the movie is like a more fictionalized version of the book. I'm pretty sure like the book is written in like a Hunter S Thompson type style, the way it's written, but it is an actual journalist who like, the way it's written, it makes you think it's almost fiction, but I had to look at it and you're like, oh, no, this is real. Because the way he writes it, writes it is from like first person, like kind of experiential view. But uh, he, it is. Did you say mind control is possible? Well, no, but he, one thing he goes into is like, for example, there's one big part where he goes into like one of the, the people that was supposedly part of this program was saying how they would try to walk through walls and then, or they would try to be invisible. And at some point they realized like, well, maybe being invisible isn't possible, but we can be not seen. <laughs> so it's like, it's shit like that. We're like, they'll have, this, they'll have this original crazy idea. And then from there, then they'll be like, well, what's the next best thing? And we can develop techniques to do this even better. And it, it's kind of interesting, but it is also kind of funny. Cause like I can't I, walk through a wall, but I can maybe make someone think I can. <laughs> it just drives me, it just drives me crazy that we've never got hard evidence of any of like the supernatural claims. Like if you're capable of psychic abilities if you're capable of telekinesis or mind control or shape-shifting or walking through walls or anything that's like extraordinary i've never seen evidence for any of it i know that the cia has spent years decades and tons of resources on these programs but they've nothing has ever been disclosed that proven to me that any of these things are actually possible so like i'm not saying that they're not but it's just weird that we don't have any evidence that's all yeah, I mean, it, it is. They start off with the seems to be how these Fed things work, or like these. They start out with these lofty ideas, and then it kind of gets more pra- practical. But because they started from this crazy like zenith point, it it kind of allows them to think interestingly and different. Like that's yeah. why you get shit like uh like they, there has been uh, incidences of where they would play like subliminal messages to prisoners in fucking like in music to. Uh, you know, whether to, to elicit a desired effect, whether it's to make them angry or to uh, pacify them or, you know, they, they've learned, they, they do weird shit like this, which like, it's, it, it is interesting how the ideas transform from one to the other. And then it also does weirdly work as this thing to when people like me and you go, uh, oh my God, look what they're doing. And they're like, what you think we can control minds? You're like, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. Right. And then you realize like, no, but we're just doing this weird method. We're giving this guy a fuck like a, like a horse's worth of LSD. And then, you know, then we're, <laughs> then we're making him do this thing. And then, you know, <laughs> it, it's they're like, wild. they're like, we can't control minds, but we can trick your kid into chopping their body parts off. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, like you said, it is, I do think there is some aspect of like, they find the people they're looking for, uh, and much in the same way as like how they do with, uh, you know, essentially getting informants or, you know, getting people to do their will is that they find the right people at the right time or, or entrapment type stuff. They oh, will like, find someone in a bad spot and be like, yeah. hey, it's kind of the, it's it's a similar, very similar to entrapment. I think how they probably work with like these MK Ultra type stuff. Bingo. Like, yeah. Hey, you're a crazy kid who, uh, you know, talked about wanting to kill his whole school. Um, what's up, man? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, hey, we have this discount AR for sale. Like, you interested? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah I mean, I especially, especially after the episodes you did with the the uh, the Whitmer dude. It's like, yeah, dude. They're, like, entrapment ops are ever present in our country, and I think they've been that way for decades and decades. So, that's real for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, Terror Factory, Trevor Aronson. That's probably one of the best examples. Although it focuses more on it's not domestic terrorism type stuff like we're seeing now with like the Michigan Wimmer stuff. If anything, it was more like this was like uh, War on Terror. And so that's a good one to read. But then obviously you can see it through the modern day and how it's kind of coming back home domestically. But it was pretty fucked up, a lot of the shit they would <coughs> do to these uh, foreigners. They, they, they fucking manipulated their immigration a lot. It's actually pretty fucked up. Like multiple stories of somebody who did nothing ever. And then they'd be like, hey, we, you know, your third cousin is this guy and we want you to fucking, uh, you know, do this and try to get him to do this crime. And it's like, well, I don't want him. Well, then you can go back to your fucking country. <laughs> It's 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 pretty crazy the shit they'll do. So, no, I but, believe uh, that one hundred percent. But we've been talking for a while. Uh, this has been fun. You want to go ahead and drop the plugs? We can get out of here. Uh, sure. At Liberty Lockpot on Twitter and uh, Liberty Lockdown on YouTube, Rumble, Rockfin, Odyssey, LibertyLockdown.locals.com. If you want to support my work and see exclusives, I actually have an exclusive video over there with Anomaly, which was a really good conversation. So uh, yeah, and we got over fifty. Uh, active monthly subscribers on my locals now, which is really cool. Hell yeah. Congrats on that. Uh, yeah, this is the No Way Jose show. You can find me on YouTube. All major auto packages are as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Senor Jose uh, 2020. If you want to support me, patreon.com Snow Jose 2020. If you really want to support us, fucking January 17th, be there, be in the chat. And after, I also want you to be harassing Cassandra specifically and Tim. These guys were great. Bring them back on. I don't care if we bomb. Lie. <laughs> Facts, dude. Because yes. I, I was known. I, I had like, I think I had barely 10,000 followers when I went on the first time. So like uh, there was, I think, two comments or two super chats that were <laughs> directed towards me. Because also Luke had just came back for like after being a hi hiatus for months. So it'd be really helpful if we could get a bunch of people to send super chats, because obviously like if we're getting, giving Tim money from our audience, like that's, we'll get an invite back. Yeah. And especially like a great idea too, is especially if you're a fan of the show, I'm actually saying, even if you're not a fan of the show, still do this, just to blindly say, do what I said. But if you're a fan of the show and you actually know things to point to make references to jokes or bits we've done before, obviously we'd, it, it would give us a chance to, because I think there's going to be a little bit of a struggle to try to show like, hey, this is a comedy show that we have, and here we are doing serious political talk. So be good to shine a little bit of that, allow us to kind of be like, oh, yeah, this is a piece of our uh, tower, tower gang history, of this little bit, uh, you know, the the you know the unit of fuck or something like that. Like, yes. <laughs> they call or, it a unit or, of F. <laughs> or giving giving plasma away, you know, yes. like that. And but, uh, to toplobster.com, pick up fucking No Way Jose shirts. Yep, and Liberty Lockdown. Yep. Like, subscribe, all that gay shit. With that, we are out of here. Appreciate everyone who showed up. Uh, see you in, there in the chat, Eddie. We're out.